It's really is a privilege to be with you, and to be asked to speak is a is a double joy. Um, I love you guys, and um, I know you do because we feel very loved by you too. And uh, your friendship has meant a lot to us over the years as we've journeyed personally, and it's been a tremendous privilege for Sarah and I to contribute to your journey. And um, I know some of you haven't met Sarah. She is real. Somebody said to me yesterday, is she real? Yeah, she definitely is real. Um, And and I'll prove it to you at some point. I'm sorry about that. Um, Today, we're going to talk about becoming and belonging. Tomorrow morning, we're going to do something different. And I'm going to carry on from what I shared with you the last time I was with you on a Sunday. But today, we're going to talk about belonging and becoming. I need four volunteers. Can I have four volunteers just to come and uh, take a card off me? No tricks. Go on. I won't, it won't involve being standing up for long. I just want to put four words in front of you. If you want to go that side, because we can spread out to the other side, then just do the grand reveal. I'm going to wow you with my creativity now. This is where it starts and ends. So feel free to show the feel free to show the word. No, that's fine. Show the word. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Show the word. Turn them all around so they can see. There we go. This is my creativity. That's it. Done. Where's Ali? More work required. I'm just really hoping I spelt them correctly. (laughs) So we've got four words there. Become, belong, behave and believe. And we're going to play with those words a little bit this morning. Um, I'm just so impressed with my creativity. I decided not to try and make it a straight line, so that's deliberately wonky, right? It's just to say that's on purpose. Um, Because the church is famous, I think, for inviting, if not coercing, people into believing and to behaving. That's what the church is famous for, I think. You need to believe, and then you need to behave. And as long as you do both of those things, we're good. Which is why I think a lot of people find church such a difficult yeah. concept. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't want to believe and they don't want to behave. And they've no reason to behave. <laughs> why would they behave like you? Because they don't believe what we believe. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a bit self-defeating, I think, when you're a church and you're looking to reach out. If your message is entirely about you need to believe the same as us and you need to be the, behave the way we behave, Right. So today, we want to play a little bit more with a couple more words, which is about belonging and becoming. How about we think about the invitation that the church extends to the world? Of course it involves what we believe, ultimately, and how we behave. I use the word behave because it just is a B. It's alliteration, right? Um, but, but how about we think about our invitation as more, how about come and belong? And in the process of belonging somewhere you find the possibility of becoming someone. Actually the person that you were always meant to be, not somebody else. Yeah, It's kind of inviting a different journey. It's inviting a journey of transformation. Over here is about conforming. You can conform to our statements of truth, and you can conform to the way we behave, and then, then you can belong. Actually, over here is about transformation, which is, how about you join us on our journey, and in the process of joining us on our journey, you find home. And home is where you begin to transform because of an intimate relationship, as opposed to conform to an external code. I'm not saying throw these away. Maturity is always both and. Both hands, right? So I'm not saying ditch these. What I'm saying is, 
update this framework with a couple of additional words which you've already done. So thank you, you can take those away and I'll sign them later and they might become collector's <laughs> items, who knows? Um, or not, as the case may be. Nobody looks really impressed with that offer, but anyway, you never know. Despise not the day of small beginnings. But what does that journey look like? I've been chatting to Phil and Sarah about in, in terms of Vine Life and our journey because we, we focus on welcoming people. We've got to get the welcome right, the welcome team. But the problem with all of our resources are pointing and firing at welcoming. What we end up with is a church full of people, of visitors, who feel very welcome. But nobody belongs. Why? Because we're focusing on making everybody as a visitor feel welcome. So I think one of the things that I've been challenging myself on is what is the journey that takes us from I am a visitor made welcome to I belong. Some of you here feel very much like you belong because you were here before it started. (laughs) So like in your, there's no doubt you belong because you have been here a long time. You belong. But actually for somebody new, I can be a visitor made welcome for a very long time. Unless we understand how to navigate that journey of what does it mean to become a belonger as opposed to a visitor made welcome. So, let's just go on a bit of a journey and explore that. Firstly, let me say this. I am speaking to you as a community who are already on that journey. You are already, whether you're realizing or not, experimenting. Experimenting. Everybody's going to get nervous now. Don't use the word experiment. But you are exploring the idea of what does it mean to invite people to belong. And to become, as opposed to believe and to behave. You're already exploring the concept of what does it mean to pastor a town, not just pastor a church. You're already exploring what does it mean to father a community and not just a congregation. You're already blurring the lines. And I love that about you. It's one of the things I think makes you different is you're exploring the boundaries. I think today, the, and the theme of this weekend, is actually a signpost to your prophetic identity and your prophetic assignment. And I am going to do today what I always do when I come amongst you, and that is to fix what's already here in place. In Acts 15... The prophets are sent, and I remember I shared with this you last time I was here, and it says that they went out, I think it's Paul and Silas, or somebody and Silas anyway, but anyway, the prophets go out, and it can't be Paul, because yeah, it must be, well, two of the prophets anyway, Acts 15.32, Silas is one of them, and um, it says that they go and they go and strengthen the church, that Greek word strengthen means to fix firmly in place what is already there. The prophetic, I get so frustrated sometimes when the prophetic emphasis is on, we need something new. How about we take what's already there and we fix it firmly in place? That's what that Greek word in Acts 15.32 means. And I feel every time I come amongst you, I don't think I'm any bringing anything new. All I'm doing is speaking to what's already there and helping to fix it and to establish it. And I'm okay with that and I don't apologize for that. Right, let's talk about belonging. To whom do I belong... Whose am I? 
is the cry of every human heart. It's the cry of an orphan planet. To whom do I belong? The search for the answer to that question takes many forms. People go looking for home in some very strange and weird and wonderful places. Sometimes they'll find it in a football team. Sometimes they'll find it in a gym. Sometimes they'll find it in a relationship. Basically, all of those searches are fueled by this desire to answer the question, to whom do I belong? The ultimate answer to that question is clearly, we know you belong to him. And it's expressed covenantally by God numerous times through the scriptures when he says, I am your God and you are my people. It's a covenantal conversation that the Lord has with us often where he's reminding us of, you belong to me. Now, I wouldn't go so far as to say that you can't have God as your father unless you have the church as your mother, which actually some of the Roman Catholic church fathers would go that far. They would say, you cannot have God as your father unless you have the church as your mother. And now I've got you clinging to the edge of a ditch, right, over here. I wouldn't go so far as to say that. But I would say this. We have made the gospel out to be all about me inviting Jesus into my life. I don't actually think that's a terribly helpful lens to look through. Because it ends up with me and Jesus. Jesus has come into my life and now it's me and him. Actually, the gospel, if you can, you can look at it through a different lens, which is, how about this is Jesus asking me into his life? Once you reverse the polarity of that journey, you are then, unfortunately, unavoidably, inescapably, entering into community. Because now I don't just belong to him, but in some way I belong to you. And you belong to me. And now this is going to get very messy. (laughs) Really messy. Because as long as it's me and him, and I've invited him into my life, this is cozy. And I'm okay with me. And he's perfect, so this is a match made in heaven. (laughs) The moment I've entered and you've entered into his life... Oh, no, hang on a minute. (laughs) I'm not okay with you. And you're not okay with me. He may be perfect, but you definitely aren't. (laughs) You can understand why we want it just to be about us and Jesus, can't you? But actually, if we understand the gospel is us accepting his invitation into his life, then we are entering into belonging, whether we like it or not.
So let's say something about what I call original design. Belonging is part of original design. This is not like a new invention. We haven't drummed up the idea of belonging. Back in Genesis 1, it says there was an S. And the S said, let's make them. So there's this sense of community creating community. Community in the Trinity, extending community into creation. So there's a belonging in the Trinity before there's a belonging in the created order. But actually what the created order reflects is the belonging that's in the Trinity. So there's this beautiful belonging that is expressed through plurality in the creation. The one thing about the creation story in Genesis 2, I think it is, is that there's something that God says is not good. What's not good about what he's created? Man to be alone. I've extended community into the created order, but I've, it's not complete until there's more than one of them. It's not good for man to be alone. So belonging is, is built into our created order. No surprise then, that the solution to a fallen world, as expressed through Psalm 68, is family. Can you see God responds to brokenness by extending community towards it and inviting those who are in the brokenness to step into community, into belonging, into family. God sets the lonely into family. The outcome of the entire Bible narrative in Acts 2 it's koinonia, it's fellowship, and they devoted themselves. So you see in a restored world, expressed through the church, is this idea of community being restored, so-called koinonia. I haven't got time to go into that, but it's a beautiful journey. So the Christian life becomes about us being invited into his life, and his life is corporate. I might get saved alone, but I am sanctified Alongside you. It's an individual decision to follow Jesus. But it's a corporate journey. Which involves belonging and becoming. Why is this all so... Why, is this, why do I bang on about this so much? Because not, not, not to do with this conference. But basically for several months now. I've been exploring the spirit of this age. What is it about the spirit of this age that is so relevant to this conversation today about belonging? So let me just say to start with, last time I was with you, I upset all the BMW drivers, right? (laughs) I'm hoping there's forgiveness for that, but that was me sharing my vulnerability and weakness with you. Today, I might be upsetting all the leavers as opposed to the remainers. But I'm not making a political point. I'm not making a political point. I'm making a theological, prophetic point. You see, the spirit of this age is about fragmentation, separation, and isolation. And whether you, if you start to feel uncomfortable Brexit, park Brexit, I would say Brexit is a symptom of it, but that's me now really in danger of upsetting half the room. But the spirit of this age... If you think about it, if God's original intention is community, is belonging, the enemy, his tactic will always be to fragment, to separate, and to isolate. It's what he's after. 
Because it's in direct opposition to the kingdom of God expressed through the church. It leads to division. And one of the aspects, I've got a long list of things it results in, but one of them is loneliness. The end result of that process is loneliness. And loneliness is a pandemic, meaning it's affecting the whole world now. And it's one of the reasons why in Britain we have a minister for loneliness. Because the contributory factor that loneliness is towards mental, physical and emotional health is huge. So belonging and becoming is prophetically and culturally relevant because of the context, because of the spirit of this age, which is about fragmenting, separating and isolating Dallas Willard said, superficiality is the curse of this age. And if, if the enemy can't separate you from me, what he would love to do is keep us skin deep in our relationships. Superficial. Because superficiality is as good as isolation. Because we might be in the same place, but we are not connecting in the way that we were intended to or relating in the way that we were intended to. And the spirit of this age says that success looks like I don't need anyone else. There's this illusion that's created that says in order to be successful, I must not be dependent on anyone else. Success looks like I can do it all. I don't need anybody else. And somehow to admit that I need you or you need me is to express failure. So it's prophetically significant belonging because it flies in the face of the spirit of this age which is is trying to fragment us and separate us and isolate us. And in the context of that cauldron, the kingdom of God advances through the church and offers a different way. It's the Jesus way and it's called belonging. The problem is belonging is not easy. It's not easy. Have I shared the Jean Vanier quote with you about why community is not easy? Let me read it to you. Jean Vanier, by the way, is a, um, a Catholic priest who set up the L'Arche community in France. There's now over 130 communities in about 37 countries. And basically, Jean Vanier set these communities up because he felt that people with what he called developmental issues were not getting well looked after by the institutions. And he decided to have some of them move in with him. And he extended family to those who were effectively suffering from a wide range of disabilities. And he learned more about his faith and, his, and Jesus from them than they learned from him. And Henry Newman visited the large community and it was transformational for Henry Newman too. So I've just mentioned two people. You may never have heard of them. But Jean Vanier on community, stunning. His books on becoming human and community are just off the charts. He's probably my most quoted social media author of all time. But let me, let me tell you what he said. Community is a place of healing and growth. When people enter community, they find the warmth and the love exhilarating. This permits them to start lifting their masks and barriers to become vulnerable. But then as they lift their masks and they become vulnerable, they discover that community can be a terrible place because it's a place of relationship. It is so much easier to live with books and objects and televisions and cats and dogs 
than it is people. Oh, John Vanier. Community can be a terrible place. It's easier to live with cats and dogs. It's what he says. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The problem is, is the community for many of us is the place where we get so badly hurt. But for all of us, it's the, it's the only place ultimately that we will get completely healed. And that's the paradox that we all live with as we talk about belonging. Why is it so hard? Has anybody got any ideas? Because people are different to me. Yeah. Oh, different. Now you're scaring me. You mean everybody's not like me? Okay, wow. I'm going to sit down in a minute and let the audience take over. <laughs> Why is it so difficult? Have a think about it. Why do you find it hard? Political? Oof. We all like our own hmm. You're good. Say again? People like their own views. Mm, none of us is perfect, that's for sure, yeah. It's harder, yeah, it's faster if I do it myself. Get out of my way. Coming through. <laughs> We're thinking about, isn't it? Because it's all very well me going on about, like, oh, you need to belong. Happy days, skip through the cornfields, like. And all of you sitting there thinking, I tried that. Didn't work. Like, really badly didn't work. But I think we have to wrestle with this. We have to be honest. We own it as a value and then we wrestle with the challenges that we all face in being part of community. My summary for why it's so hard is actually where Dave started, was difference. We are so all very different. We have different perspectives, different opinions, different personalities, different weaknesses, different bank balances, different ways of doing things, different political views. So the risk of us disagreeing about something is not a risk, it's a certainty. So unless we work out how to live with disagreement, we're in the soup when it comes to community. But having to manage disagreement and conflict is not something we teach ourselves. We just want to hold hands and sing kumbaya. Actually, one of the greatest things we could help ourselves to do is learn how to disagree well. That's a whole different topic in itself, isn't it? The thing is, the community is not about us becoming the same either. Because if we're all different, and that's the problem, then the answer is, everybody be like me. Or Dave. Or somebody. But the goal of authentic belonging and becoming is not conform. Everybody has to conform so that you look like me and you sound like me and you dress like me. The churches try that, and it generally doesn't last more than a generation. Because ultimately the dress code changes if nothing else and nobody wants to wear a blue blazer anymore. (laughs) Community is about us being able not just to disagree well, but learning how to accept our differences. Accept them. Accept each other. 
And where we decide to be defined by what and who unites us, as opposed to be divided by our differences. These are things that I can just say so easily and glibly and think, job done. But how hard is that? Hard. That's why the cross was necessary. We haven't got time to go down that avenue, but if you read Ephesians chapter 2, you'll understand that the whole point of the cross was to deal with the very thing we're talking about now, which is that which separates us from him and that which separates us from each other. Jean Vanier in Community says this, God seems pleased to call together Christian communities, people who are, humanly speaking, very different, who come from different cultures, classes, and countries. The most beautiful communities are created from just this diversity of people and temperaments. This means each person must love the other with all of their differences and work with them for the sake of the community. We shouldn't seek the ideal community. It's a question of loving those who God has set beside us today. They are signs of God. We might have chosen different people. People who were more cheerful. People who were more intelligent. But these are the ones that God has given us. The ones he has chosen for us. Look around. These are the ones. We might have chosen differently. But these are the ones. It is with them that we are called to create unity and live in covenant. We choose our own friends, but in our families we do not choose our brothers and sisters. They are given to us. And so it is in community life. Whoa. Jean Vanier, got to sit down after that. Why does belonging matter so much to you? You find a place where you're accepted. Wow. I feel more secure when I belong. I feel valued. Wow. You can do what he's called you to do because we belong. Love it. Encouragement. You're good. Keep going. You can only become what I want to become. I can't be who I am without us. Mm. You build better together. Yeah. Other people might have gems, you know, from God to to give to you. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yes, they will. And they are. Yeah. He does hide the answer sometimes in some strange places, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Not often where I go want to look. Or listen. Such a good one, that. Well done. It's scary being on your own. Yeah. Problem is with isolation that leads to loneliness is you become self-protecting. Everywhere becomes frightening. Everyone becomes frightening. 
And then you just build a very big wall that you can't get over and nobody can get over to get to you. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? That I could actually help somebody else. Brilliant. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you know that you're describing yourselves, don't you? That wasn't a theoretical set of answers to a theoretical question. I kind of asked you, who are you? And you then described yourselves to me. It's really important to do that. To value yourselves. It's very easy to look at community and focus on what's wrong. You just said some life-changing things about what's right about this community. It's really important to discipline yourself to do that. I can see a hundred things that need fixing. Yeah, but what about the hundred things that are just going so brilliantly well I don't even notice them? This is where I find I'm accepted. I feel accepted by you. I feel like I can be who I am with you. Now that may not be true for all of you because for all of us we're on a journey. And we've been through some stuff. And we're still going through some stuff. But what that last few minutes tells me is this community is capable of making someone within it feel valued, feel accepted, feel like they belong. And my encouragement to you is just keep practicing. Are you a practicing Christian? Yes. Why? Because I am not a professional. I don't get paid to do this. And I've never yet arrived. So you as a community, keep practicing the art of what it means to make someone who comes amongst you and feel welcomed as a visitor, make the journey from visitor made welcome to, I belong. And the keys to that journey are locked up in the answers to the question that you just gave me. Why does community matter so much to me? I just wrote some things down. Because there's a unique inheritance stewarded within the local church community that I can only access by belonging. So the moment I belong, I have access to a rich inheritance that was promised not just to an individual, but to a people. The Hebrew mindset has very little concept of me. It has a very, very large window for us. So when we put Jeremiah 29 verse 11 on the fridge, I know the plans I have for you. Me. Mm, kind of, but more actually us. problem with you is, it's really hard to know whether it's plural or singular English. But in the original, it's very much plural. So there's an inheritance in the local church. That's achieved through belonging. The local church committee has momentum. Momentum. I locked myself in the toilet once and my dad had to charge the door down to get me out. I was a little boy at this stage, honestly, just, just to reassure you. Right? <laughs> and, um, and he had to take a run at it. 
Why? Because there are some things you can only achieve with momentum. And I think momentum in physics is something like mass times velocity or something. It's about mass. It's about like, there's more than just me, there's one of us. Did I get that right? Or close? Yeah. So there are things that you are trying to achieve in your life that you will never be able to achieve outside of belonging. Why? Because you require momentum that you cannot generate without me and my mass. But I say me, I mean you, yeah? Momentum is another one. And there's grace and there's wisdom wrapped up in the stories that every single one of you represent in this room. The local, this is my favorite. The local church is a library of stories that have been written and are being written that I get to access when I belong. I have a nervous breakdown. I need to go find somebody who's got a story about what it looks like to come through that and out the other end and survive. Tell me your story. Wow, suddenly I have got hope. Where did that hope come from? It came from your story. How did I access that story? Because I belong to you and you belong to me and your story becomes my story, becomes our story. And there's grace and there's wisdom that can only be achieved by going through some stuff. So when I'm going through some stuff and I need grace and wisdom, I need to go find somebody who's been through some stuff. And you've been through some stuff. That means you've got grace and wisdom that there isn't anywhere else on this planet. How do I access that grace and that wisdom from you? By belonging to you and you belonging to me. That's why I want to belong. That's why... No, con- no part of me has ever thought I could survive outside of local church. As much as there have been times when it's driven me crazy. Sometimes belonging is an act of faith. Sometimes it's by faith I belong. But sometimes my faith is fueled by belonging. Yeah, and I've had both extremes in my life, if you like. Belonging, we're going to talk about this in the second session, but belonging, Sarah and I have been crafting this this kind of, what does it mean to belong for many months, years now? We've kind of refined it. To belong means that I am seen, I am heard, And I am known, and I am championed, and I am challenged. And the result of that, I am flourishing, and I am fruitful. So that, for me and Sarah, has become the checklist of belonging. Am I seen? Am I heard? Am I known? Am I championed? Am I challenged? And to what extent am I fruitful and flourishing, or flourishing and fruitful? We've got to that. That's been a journey. That's been expanding over years, but we've kind of, it's been like that for a while now, but until somebody tells me there's something missing, I'm looking at Richard, because he's most likely to tell me apostolically, they're always good at this. You prophetic lot. You only see in part. <laughs> Let me tell you what's going on in heaven right now. Okay. So I'm looking forward to the update later. Um, 
Vanier says, community is a place where people are earthed and find out who they really are. Oh, I love that. So many people go searching for their identity. And that journey takes them into a isolation. Which is the last place you'll find out who you really are. Henry Nguyen says this, We are able to do so many hard things, tolerate so many conflicts, overcome so many obstacles and persevere under so many pressures. But when we no longer experience ourselves as part of a caring, supporting, praying community, we can quickly lose faith. This is because faith in God's compassionate presence can never be separated from experiencing God's presence in the community to which we belong. So many Christians today are in crisis because they are closely connected with deep feelings of not belonging. I can give you all these quotes. I know it's just, I'm just reading these things. I don't want them just to be flying you by. The crisis in the lives of many caring Christians today are closely connected with deep feelings of not belonging. Let me tell you, there are hundreds and thousands of Christians out there who do not belong. They tried it, and it nearly killed them. And they decided it can only be Jesus, because I've tried, tried you and it didn't work. And my heart and my soul cries out for a church that will reinvent itself if that's the right R. Or be restored, whatever verb you choose, to become a place where those people can return and find healing for the very hurts that were caused by that institution in the first place. And I believe you are and will continue to become such a community. Not just for those who don't know him, but for those who do know him and found you really hard. Not you personally, church I mean. We're going to have to get that right because there is no plan B. There is no plan B for church. It's said it takes a village to raise a child. Have you heard that? I've actually updated that. Apostolically. I just dipped into that pool of apostolicity. It takes a village to make a life. Not just raise a child. I am the product of a community journey, not just an individual and personal journey. It takes a village to make a life. Belonging is one of our greatest challenges, but it's also one of our greatest needs. And if we own that, then we are committing ourselves to doing the work. Because it is not skipping through the cornfield. Community can be a bloody place at times. And sometimes we have to decide that trust is not right now our goal. Our goal is commitment. Because I can make a commitment in a moment. It takes time to build trust. Really important to distinguish those two things. Can I trust church? I don't think I can right now. But can I stay committed? Yes. Two different things. Commitment's a choice. Trust is a journey. Making that commitment. It's a place where I'm going to get hurt, but it's also a place where I get healed. 
and supported and accepted and loved. When I broke myself as a result of a nervous breakdown, King's Church and Richard were in, the, in that moment with me. And I couldn't stand up if it wasn't for people who were standing alongside me that wouldn't let me fall over. It's the place where we get healed as well as we get hurt. It's the place where we get to work out who we are and why we are here. To whom do I belong is the cry of the human heart. But who am I and why am I here are equally big questions that our souls require an answer for. And outside of Jesus, we find millions of ways of trying to answer those questions, all of which lead ultimately to destruction, to failure, to disappointment. Because ultimately, all those questions get answered in him and our relationship with him. But every single one of us, whoever you are, and whoever you meet today or tomorrow, I can guarantee this to you. This, this, what I'm about to say now is true for all of you and for anybody that you meet. You were born to belong. You can meet somebody tomorrow who doesn't know Jesus that you have never met before. And you can say to them with absolute certainty, I don't know you, but I do know this. You were born to belong. And the invitation that you could extend to that person is, come with us. We're on a journey to answering the question, to whom do we belong? We're on a journey to working out who we are and why we are here. How about you join us on that journey? It's a subtly but powerfully different invitation to, you need to believe and you need to behave. And then we'll let you on the bus. Belief is important. How we live is important. But maybe, just maybe, there is a slightly different invitation that we could make to people. You are already making that invitation. And for some of you who are wrestling with this idea of who we are and why we are here, I want to take you back to the very first thing I said, which is I'm speaking to your prophetic identity and your prophetic assignment. And I'm all, only fixing what's already amongst you. I'm already saying, not because it's broken. It's more about forget fix and think establish. Just want to establish something that is already going on amongst you. You are already on that journey of updating your invitation cards to say, how about come and be with us? Be Long and become. Because you could take those four words and basically what you could argue, see the church's journey historically has been, you believe, then you behave, and then you get to belong. And actually, there's not so much a become as there's a be-do. Couldn't think of a be for this. Because what the church is really good at is just saying, don't get healed, get busy. I just couldn't think of a be for it. Right? But it's believe, behave, belong, be do, be busy. Don't get, he'll get busy. Which is why so many Christians ultimately break down because they, they go so long in their Christian life busy and forgot to get healed. Yeah. They put their sanctification on hold for the sake of a rota. Or more than one or two. 
And actually, what you guys are doing, experimenting for a better word in my view, which is great, it's exploring, is how about we start with belong? Then become. In the process of transforming, I update my belief system. And in the process of updating what I believe, I start to live differently. Whoa. That feels like a much happier and healthy journey. It doesn't negate the need to believe. It just says that you can put the belief system update in a slightly different place. We don't, we are not loved by God because we change our belief system. We change our belief system because we are loved by God. We are not loved by God because we behave differently. We behave differently because we are loved by God. And actually the invitation to belong and to become is simply reflecting our Heavenly Father whose invitation to us all is belong. Belong to me. We're extending the unconditional love of God through an invitation to belong and to become. And in the process, people change. I got saved because somebody told me God loved me. And I ended up eventually, after a big fight, (laughs) uh, realizing that he did. So the argument that I was in with, with folks wasn't like, you know, do you believe in creation? Or what's your theological stance on this or that or the other? It wasn't a theological debate. The issue was, to whom do I belong? Am I loved? Once I realized I was loved by God, expressed through some Christians who were determined to let me know I was loved by God, whether I believed it or not, and they had no other message, you are loved, I updated my entire life based on the fact that I worked out God loved me. My theology changed, my lifestyle changed, everything changed because of love. And I think the invitation to belong is actually an invitation to be loved. Rather be beloved, be loved. And I'm over time, so thank you for that. Lord, I just pray for us all that um, in the multitude of all those words that, that we would hear your voice speaking to our own soul, speaking to our own heart, acknowledging the challenge and the difficulty the blood, sweat, and tears associated with belonging, but also seeing in glorious technicolor the beauty and the power that's available to us and expressed through us when we belong. And I pray for everybody who is right now struggling with the not just the idea of belonging, but the experience of it. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll be really close to them. That you would fill up the void in their heart right now. That you would be healing the pain for them right now. And reassuring them with hope for a future that involves belonging. Not just to you, but a community that seeks to express itself through community. Amen. 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 Great. Thank you.